Hey everybody, welcome to Epic Experiences. I'm your host and today guest, Sinitra Skillern. Your girl is solo dolo today. Um, just wanted to come in front of you and just unpack some more things. I know our last time where it was just me, um, I was talking about um, unpacking my excuses and that's still going well. We'll talk about that at another time. But today I wanted to um, slow down a bit and get in front of you and talk about something called God moments. Hearing hearing God's voice. I do have notes today, so I'll be referring to them. Um, and so today I'm really just going to talk about the God moments in my life um, and just how they have impacted and shaped me over the years in hopes that you will be inspired to know that no matter where you are, whether you are, you know, you know God for yourself or you don't, um, God has placed um, his laws written on our hearts and we know exactly what we should be doing and we all have a purpose and just how did, how can and how does God speak to you and how you can recognize that. So it's story time, y'all. That's really what this boils down to. But it's all laced in the God moments that I've had personally um, with the Creator. And so um, I want to start off by just saying or, de or defining what a God moment is. Because like, what's a God moment? What does that mean? Um, we hear God so much in society. And I want to be clear that when I'm talking about God, I'm talking about one member of the Trinity. So there's God, there's Jesus, and there's the Holy Spirit. And I shall be talking about all of them today. But it's really when you have an encounter for yourself. And I wrote this down. Uh, when your life changes based on an encounter or an experience with God. So something literally happens and impacts you, you know, for the better. You get more insight. Your life takes a different turn. Um, sometimes they're retrospective. In the moment, you may not realize that you are having a God moment. You may not know that. You just may think that something happened, something came along, something is different. But as you grow and get older or just more experienced in hindsight, and a lot of these for me have been um, retrospective and, you know, hindsight, looking back that, man, that was God and I, and I didn't realize it in the moment. Um, and so those are the ones that I'm really going to talk about today. So it's an encounter that, that changes your life, the trajectory of your life, because you've had a real encounter with God. Now, I do want to say this. It doesn't necessarily have to be um, as a result of prayer. Because for some of these you'll hear, I didn't even know God yet when some of these happened. And so when you have a purpose and a path for your life, you know, God will have to do some things to get you positioned to where he wants you to be. And so some of these that I talk about, I didn't pray. I wasn't a praying person. Maybe somebody was praying for me, but it wasn't a direct result of a prayer that I had or that I did and then God answered that prayer. So a God moment doesn't necessarily have to be a result of a prayer that you verbally say it out of your mouth. So there's hope there. Okay, if you're not a praying person or God doesn't see me or God doesn't hear me, he absolutely does it's because he's omniscient. So he knows all and sees all. So you're, you're there and you're not an accident. Secondly, um, 
you do not have to be saved to have a God moment. That's connected to my former statement. You don't have to be a Christian to have a God moment because there has to be a step one. There has to be a path for your life. And so again, that's inspiring. That is what this is all about. Epic, encouraging people and inspiring communities. This is what I'm here for. And so I really just wanted to speak to, the, speak to those two things with the experiences that I've had in my life. Real things, not something somebody told me, things that I experienced myself that have really shaped um, and got me positioned to where God wanted me to be. And so it's, again, number one, not necessarily an answer to a prayer. And number two, you don't have to necessarily, you don't have to be saved to have a God moment, okay? Now, could more of them happen afterwards? 100%. But God has to position us and get us to a place where we can hear him and really want to accept his son and follow him and all those things. So I'm going to start off with one, and I numbered them. There's like four here. <laughs> so I numbered them to kind of go um, kind of chronologically-ish. So we just going to go. The first one I have called The Fire. And... I wrote about this on Facebook about two weeks ago. I think it's about two or three weeks ago now. Um, when I was 19 years old, I was in a fire. Um, and it was devastating. We lost everything. My mom, me, my brother, and my sister. Uh, and I wrote about it on Facebook because I was cleaning my oven in my house, self-cleaning. And you know, if you've ever self-cleaned your oven... When you turn it on, the stove locks, you know, so you can't open it up. But it heats up such to a, a high temperature that because it has to burn everything that's in there. But there's a smell that comes from that stove that I didn't know was triggering to me until way into my adulthood when I was in my own home and, and things like that. And so the first time I ever cleaned my own oven... Um, after that fire when I was 19 just took me back to that very day because of the smell. It is very distinct and for me um, it, it, the, the first time I did it, it sent me into a tailspin where I just my brain was just on overload. I couldn't, I didn't have an anxiety attack or a panic attack but I just I didn't know what to do. I was having all these thought, these uh, uncontrollable thoughts that took me back to the fire and just everything that I experienced. So the second time that I, because then my husband took it over, I was like, I can't do it. It's, it's too much for me. So every time since then, he's done it when I wasn't home. Well, he wasn't home and the oven needed to be cleaned. I had spilled peach cobbler juice in the bottom of the oven and I couldn't turn the oven back on without cleaning it because it, it would smoke. So I, it, I had to do it. And so the second time that I did it, um, I was keeping myself busy. I had music playing. I was moving about the house. I had all the windows open. It was a chilly day. So it was kind of cooler in the house. So it didn't affect me as much. But in that, I did start thinking about the fire, but in a different way. And that's literally how this topic of God moments was birthed. Like, hey, I should really kind of unpack these things that have happened to me over the years. And so I'm starting with the fire because... This was pre uh, me accepting Christ as my savior. So this, I was 19. I had been to church kind of, sort of, um, as a child, but didn't have a positive experience with um, 
any kind of church organization or anything. Um, growing up, I was going to this one church and they were telling me about I can't wear nail polish and I can't wear, and I was nine. I was just polishing my nails as a little girl, but they were telling me that was from the devil. And so I was like, oh my goodness. So my mother stopped me from going there. And so up until that point, <clears throat> I'd never gone back to church because it was so, can't do this, can't do that. If you're doing this, you're going to hell. If you're doing this, you're worshiping the devil. And I'm like, what is, what are you talking about? I'm nine, like legit. So fast forward, <clears throat> I was 19. I was home from college and uh, my mom, my sister, and my brother were not home. Um, they were out, I think they went to like, you know, old school car party back then. <laughs> Those went on a lot and so they were gone. And so I was home. I had gone out for the evening for a little bit, came home and I believe I was cooking, uh, put something on the stove and then I put on my pajamas and I was just watching TV. And so I sat on the couch in the living room and that's the last memory that I have of being awake. My next memory was me crawling around on the floor trying to find the front door. Because, it, I, and I'm going to say this now and I'll unpack it later, something woke me up. So it's completely dark in the apartment that I'm living in with just me and my mom and my sister and brother. So it's completely dark. I, and I can't, I'm just, I just feel myself smacking the floor. I'm crawling around and smacking the floor because we had carpet all through the apartment, but the hallway to the front door was linoleum. And so I, I can't see anything. I don't know where I am in the apartment. Uh, I'm hitting the floor because I know if I hit linoleum, I'm in the hallway. And so I'm literally just, that's the first memory I have. So I get to... Um, I get to the front door because I hit that linoleum. I knew I was at the front door. I unlocked it, came out, hit all the doors on my way out. Let them know it was a fire. My whole family lived in this apartment building. So I go to my grandmother's apartment who's in the front of the building that we lived in. Uh, fire trucks came. Um, they put the fire out. Take me to the emergency room. And when I was there, uh, you know, they did all the tests and, you know, I was, I felt okay. Like I felt fine. Um, uh, but I remember clear as day, a doctor came in and they took x-rays and they done all the things they, you know, needed to do to check on me. I was out. It wasn't burned or anything like that. Um, and, uh, he showed me an x-ray and he's like, you know what this is? And I mean, I'd seen an x-ray before. I'm like, it's an x-ray of my chest. And you know, like you see like your rib cage and stuff. And he said, yeah. And, and you see the, what are these, these two black things right here? And I'm like, mm, uh, my lungs? I mean, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm 19. So I'm like, is he asking me a trick question? He was like, yes, your, your, these, your link, your lungs should not be this color on an x-ray. And he was like, I don't know how you are breathing. I don't know how you're alive. And in that moment, I'm like, wow, okay. But I just thought of it as, you know, back then, I, man, I was lucky. You know what I'm saying? Like that part. And so afterwards, they, I stayed for a couple more hours for observation, but I was able to go home the same day. Like, 
nothing, you know, nothing was wrong with me, no residual effect, no, nothing. I was completely healthy after inhaling however much smoke I inhaled to cause my lungs to be, you know, that cut black and, you know, just and stunning that doctor that day. And so came home, we had lost everything. And so come to find out there was wiring. I thought it was because what I was cooking on the stove, um, you know, caught on fire or whatever, but it was actually wiring um, where the stove was plugged in. It was some kind of faulty wiring. So that's what we found out later. And so we had to move, we had to, you know, uproot ourselves, go, you know, go to a whole different place and, you know, life went on. Now that was then when I was 19. Fast forward, um, and, and, and I told you these were retrospective and that was again before I knew anything about, you know, God and saving grace and mercy and salvation or anything. Later on, that something that I said woke me up once I had a knowledge of who God was and who Christ was in my life, that was God that woke me up. That was my first, one of my first, you know, indignations or acknowledgement of a God moment in my life was that 19 year old girl that, that he woke up on that couch because for all intents and purposes, I was asleep and there was nobody at home. My mom, my sister, my brother were not at home. Nobody was there to wake me up. And so I knew that I didn't wake myself up because again, my first memory is me smacking on the ground trying to find the front door. And so all of that, even the idea of find the linoleum to get out. Who, how? What? what Someone else had to put me on that path. And it, and and I there's not a a person or uh an analyst or an anybody that can tell me that it was not God in that moment that got me up because he had purpose for me and and I had an assignment or I have assignments <laughs> in my life. And so that right there put me on a different path. I mean, we moved, you know, and, and our lives just went on a different trajectory. We moved on, life went on, and, you know, the things that were destroyed in the fire, we replaced them, and life just went on and on and on, which takes me to my next God moment, which was when I was 24 years old. Now, I'm sure there's things that still happen between 19 and 24, but... When I was 24, let me see, let me go back. When I was 20, when you graduated from college, 18, 20, 23, 23-ish is when I graduated from college. I got a job at National City. Let, let me go back. One just came to my mind. So I didn't write this one down, but I'm going to say it. I applied for a, an internship at for. National City Bank, which is now PNC for the for those who don't know what National City Bank is, and I was denied to get into the internship program. They just, you know, I guess they had the people they needed. I wasn't the one, whatever, whatever. I applied to work at this bank, and I was told no. Okay. So once I graduated, 
I went through, um, you know, a tip agency and where did I get a job? I got a job at National City Bank. The original job was going to be downtown Cleveland. This assignment was out Brexville. And so when I started working there as a temp, you know, I'm doing the job or whatever. After a year, I get hired permanent. Okay, fine. Working at that location, I met a friend. Um, still my friend to this day. And she talked to me about God, would invite me to her church and all of these things. Now, prior to meeting her, I told you I didn't have a positive relationship, correlation, connection, nothing to church. It was always can't do restrictive, living a double life. It was always these negative connotations with God in church. Like, why would I want to be a part of this if I'm, if I got to, you know, act different than who I am or I can't do this and I'm so restricted. Like, it was all of these things that were just not positive to me or fun. <laughs> and so when I met this friend at National City, she loved God and she was fun and she was herself like oh i never had a an encounter like that where i'm like oh she tell jokes she and i'm not talking about she telling raunchy jokes she's just a happy jovial friendly person who loves god has a good time and just really you know living her living her life but there wasn't this you know fire and brimstone and hell and damnation and you know putting somebody down like that was not who she was at all and so I was like oh okay I'll visit your church and so she invited me to church a couple times I go and so I'm like okay this is this is pretty cool and so um I visit the church a couple times with her and then I get a new job so I leave National City and I, and I go to work uh, for Sherwin-Williams. And so I'm there, young. I think at this point, I'm hitting 24. And so I'm there and I'm young. You know, I got this job. And I'm like, oh, I'm an accountant. I was an accountant before, but now I'm like, I'm a staff accountant. So, you know, I'm all buttoned up and, you know, got the little title and all of this stuff. And so I am at my desk. And again, I've been visiting this church you know, on, off and on, you know, kind of, sort of, for a little bit. I'm like, it's cool. My friend is there. I like it, you know, whatever. And so, and she had been talking to me about, you know, giving your life to Christ and what that means and, you know, all of this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, it was, I was listening to it. I was visiting church and I was just like, okay, this might be something I might be interested in, you know, just that and forth. And so I am... Sitting at my desk, again, I remember this like it was yesterday. I am sitting at my desk and I'm working. I'm just working along, doing, you know, whatever task I have to do that day. <clears throat> and I hear this voice in my mind that says, you know, go to the bathroom. And not like I have to use the bathroom, but go to the bathroom. And so it was like, it was an odd feeling because it wasn't my own thought. And that, again, if you haven't, if you haven't experienced that, it sounds, it sounds kind of kooky, <laughs> but it's not kooky to me because, you know what I'm saying? Again, in retrospect. So I get up 
and I go to the bathroom. And I'm in the bathroom and I feel this um, this compelling, this, this pull and this tug on my heart. And I, and I know, you know, I've heard so many times with, you know, the words they tell you to say when you want to, um, you know, commit your life to God and accept Jesus as your personal savior, like all of those things. I heard it so many times in church and my friend had been talking to me about it. And in that moment, you know, I gave myself to God at, I was, I wasn't at church. <laughs> I wasn't at a revival. I wasn't anywhere where you would think that it would happen. I was in a bathroom stall at my job on a random weekday. And in that stall, I lifted my hands and confessed with my mouth, the Lord Jesus, and, and said, Lord, I believe that you, um, that you were born and that you lived on this earth and that you died for my sins. I confess that I was a sinner and I accept you into my life right in the middle of the bathroom stall. Like, I don't know if somebody was in another stall and heard me. I have no idea. But at that moment, I knew that me, me sitting at my desk and working, I would, that compelling feeling I had in my soul to get up and go, that was a God moment. I, I, there was, and it wasn't like a robotic, like, let's not, I'm not painting the picture that I was like, in a trance like I don't please don't get it twisted but it was that it was something that had been deposited in me it was the next step or one of the next steps in the positioning God had now remember I had applied to work at National City in college I was going to be working downtown I didn't get that job I still worked at National City at a different location. So the positioning, if I'd worked downtown, I would not have even met my friend at the other location. So the no that was told to me before was for a reason to position me where God needed me to be. And remember, I, I wasn't a Christian then. And so this is still that I had been praying about Lord, find me a job, find me a friend. None of that. I wanted a job. I was done with college. I needed a job. And so how he positioned me to be at the other, still at the same place I wanted to work, but still positioned me in a place where I would meet the person that he had prepared to witness to me. Her and I's friendship, it's a God moment in my life. And so, even in the midst of that, another job I had applied for <laughs> to be to work for the city of Cleveland, um, I did get, I didn't get a lot of jobs. Man, I feel terrible about myself. I don't, but they're all everything happens for a reason. But I was they called me back in the midst of me being at National City and and asked me if I wanted to have an interview or something like that. And back then, I was all kinds of, oh, you didn't want me then? You don't want me not like thinking like a 20-year-old. 20, 20 but I turned it down to stay where I was, and it was because positioning. I was positioned to be there because God had prepared my friend to witness to me so that then I 
could move in the next step of this path and this journey that he has me on. And so that God moment, now that God moment was really, really changed. It changed, it changed my eternity. It didn't just change what I did here, but it changed my destination because before I was not heaven bound. But at that moment in that bathroom stall, I became heaven bound all by myself. No fanfare. I mean, the angels rejoiced in heaven. Let's, let's be clear about that. But I mean, on earth. But then I told my friend and I went to church and, and you know, told everybody and I joined church and I got baptized and all of those things happened so I could show everybody else the decision that I had made. But I responded to the God moment. I responded to God's call. And then once I did that and came, you know, into the body of Christ, now things that happen on the other side started meaning having different meanings. And I think at that point, um, I realized and went back to the fire and was like, wow, he, he saved me from death. He literally allowed me not to die because I needed to get to this point right here four or five years later. And so that's when I started putting those pieces together and like, wow, when I tell you that God is personal is designed specifically for you mm, that's an understatement that he could design something so specific and it fits so perfectly it can't no person can orchestrate create put together conjure up these types of experiences it's just not, it's not humanly possible because we're flawed. So anything we try to do, um, we in turn, gonna, in turn and in line, gonna mess it up. But when God has a plan and he puts, and you're in that plan, you're a part of that plan, he's going to do things to position us, to get us to where we, where he needs us to be, to do the work for the kingdom. Now, I've gone through two of them. This next one, they don't always, I don't always listen. So I, I'm I'm about to be real transparent here. Um, I don't, I definitely don't want to sit here and act like also pious. Every time I hear the voice of God, I respond in the positive and the affirmative. No, it, it doesn't happen like that all the time. And so this one I'm about to share with you now is, is a point of regret for me. Um, because it's when I, I did not listen to, to the voice of God. I didn't listen to it. And it's still a God moment, but it was a lesson. It was a lesson. Let me just say. So this is after I got saved, after I had joined the church, you know, so I'm now, I'm, you know, moving and growing. I'm going to church. I'm going to um, Bible study. I'm doing all, I'm doing the things. So one Sunday, I'm getting ready and I'm running late for church. And I do not like to be late to church. I want to be there from the first note of the first song in worship. 
or the first word in devotion. But I want to be there. And so I'm rushing and I'm running late. Come down from my apartment, hop in the car. I pull out the parking lot of my apartment and it's raining. And I pull up to the end of this driveway, or to the driveway. And I look to my right hand side and there's a young woman standing there with a baby in the rain. Now, um, she wasn't walking. She was just kind of, I don't know, she probably was waiting for me to go or whatever. But at that moment, I looked to the right and I'm rushing. So I'm in rush mode. And I look and I'm like, oh, that's strange. Why is she walking with a baby in the rain? And I just put, you know, it's clear. I pull out the parking lot, room, going down to church. I'm sitting in church and I get this overwhelming feeling of the image of the girl standing in the rain. And, and I said to myself, I said, oh, oh God, was I supposed to help her? Was I supposed to do something? Was I supposed to roll the window down? Was I, what was I supposed to do? What did I miss? And so at this point, it was maybe half an hour, 45 minutes later. There, I mean, I, and I just had this overwhelming sense of guilt that I had let God down in that moment. Because I did not, I didn't, I was too busy in myself and thinking about myself and, oh my goodness, I'm going to be like church, I can't be like church, da, 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 and I'm just moving fast. And I didn't stop to say anything. I didn't even stop to think about what should I do or anything. I just blew past it. And then it was later, the same day, but later. That, that it was brought to my memory that, man, you blew it. That That's how I felt. I blew it. And I and I said a prayer in church. I prayed that she'd be safe. I prayed that, um, you know, that no harm or danger came to her. But to this day, and this is over 20 years ago, and I still think about that, and I regret the fact that I did not respond to, or I didn't slow, I wasn't slowing down enough to hear because in that moment, I looked and I was like, I thought it was strange, but I didn't um, slow down in that moment to acknowledge that that she was positioned there maybe for me to reach out. And even if she said, no, I'm fine or whatever the case was, I'll never know. And so I just pray that, you know, she was safe in that moment. And so that that bothers me. And that's an image that I have right to this day of trying my best through the help of God to be in tune to other people. To if so, ask someone, when I ask somebody how they're doing, I really want to know how they're doing. Reaching out to people, checking on people, just being mindful of others. And again, I don't get it right all the time, but I try my best to do that because of that particular God moment. It showed me that rushing, I'm not a good rusher anyway, like legit. If I wake up late in the morning and I sleep through my two of my alarms and I'm rushing, something's not getting done. Like I can't do all the things. Either I'm not taking my lunch or I'm not lotioning up. I'm at work ashy with a lunch or <laughs> I don't have a lunch and I'm, and I'm fully lotioned. I don't know, but in, in life, I just know that's that's who I am. I've accepted it. I'm not a good rusher. So I need enough time to slow down, 
so that I can pay attention to to my surroundings and and be useful and be useful again I'm human I don't do it well all the time but it is something that I pay attention to because of that God moment that that's that's one that that was hard to get over for for a good while and and that's still to this day thinking about it but you know thank God for forgiveness and I know I'm not God's only um servant and so if I fell short he had another one that they had to come up and, and do what what I was supposed to do so I'm, I'm prayerful and thankful I'm just gonna say that thankful that um that he ain't only relied on me <laughs> thank God for that um the next one is and this was this is several uh put into one so i'm gonna talk about this one my encounters with my dad now my dad has been um on this couch next to me um the episode um uh uh or else was with my dad and i love my dad wholeheartedly 100 percent. but there was a time um you know when we were at a disconnect like we were missing each other we weren't seeing eye to eye we weren't you know fill in the blank and so it started when I was about 18 um, and so this is before the fire it was my senior year in high school um, and so we were just having a rough patch you know I was thinking one way you were thinking another way and you know I was working but I was like I need money this is no different you know 30 plus years later kids need and want money for prom and so we kind of didn't see you know eye to eye about what I wanted for prom and what needed and just all of these things and so we kind of like fell out of fellowship one talking for a bit and so um so I think when I graduated high school um went off to college my freshman year I don't think I talked to my dad at all um, my sophomore year, I had moved to a different dorm and I was, um, living in a single by myself, living a life. When you got a single on a college campus, it goes. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Um, and so I had my little room and, and everything. And so back then in the damn answering machines, Google them if you don't know what they are. In the damn answer machines, you know, you had an answer machine hooked to your phone. You had messages, blah, blah, whatever. Now, mind you, I hadn't talked to my dad since I graduated high school. So, it's been over a year. Over a year. And so, I get there to my room, hit the button, boop, to listen to my messages. And remember, I'm at school. My, and cell phones? One no cell phone back in 93? Not one that I had. Let's be clear. Um, And so... There was no phone. Like, I had a phone number to my room, but only certain people had the phone number to my room. So I hit the button. I'm listening to my messages. And about three messages in, it was my dad. And he was leaving me a message. And it stopped me in my tracks. I'm like, number one, how he get my number? And number two, why is he calling? Like, he just was, hey, I just want to, you know, say, hey, check on you and this, that, and the fourth. And I literally started crying. Because even though at 18, I'm like, forget this. I'm, you know, you think you've grown and all of that. I miss my dad. And so 
we kind of connected, you know, for a short period. But again, I'm in school and so I'm back and forth and moving and grooving and so is he and it's just, we're still, we're connecting and so we're, you know, back talking to each other but we're still kind of missing each other, kind of, you know, that. And so I finish college and had a graduation party. He was at my graduation, college graduation, came to my graduation party, all that. And then once I, and again, still kind of hit or miss with conversation. Um, there was no animosity at this point. It was literally just, we were not talking on a regular basis. We just were not. And so at that same church, <laughs> if I connect these pieces where I met my friend at National City and she invited me to her church and then I joined said church, so I'm a member. So I'm going to church every Sunday. Just, I'm going. So the church, that church that I attended, when you're a visitor, they have you stand up and they have you say, you know, I'm so-and-so. And if you have a church home, you say your church home. If you don't, you don't. But they have visitors stand up and say who they were. So this happened every Sunday. It's at the end of service. So, you know, I'm leaning back on the pew Waiting for the visitors, you know, to, to get to this part so they can go and get a benediction and we can get on out of there. <laughs> and so, um, I'm hearing visitors, you know, say their name. And then I hear, I'm sitting here behind me on my left-hand side. I hear, uh, yes, this is Michael Thompson. Uh, I attend Olivet Baptist Church. And I turn my head because I think at this point, I probably hadn't talked to my father in almost three years. It had to be about, let me see, I graduated from college, maybe two, two-ish, three years, something like that. And so I turn around and I look and I tell my friend, the same friend from National City, I'm like, that's my dad. And she's like, what? I'm like, that's my father. And it was just like a, oh, I was totally... Out of all the places, out of all the, like, how did we end up in this place together? So after service, I go and I see him and, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, hey, and we hug and, you know, and it was just so, it was surreal in the point, in the fact of us just being in the same place at the same time. Some folks call it a coincidence. I'll take that as a definition. But again, that God moment, the God moment, how the fact that no matter where we were and how distant and far apart we were, God always found a way to put us together and to, and, and, and just bring us back in each other's, you know, uh, space where we can continue to grow our relationship. And so things like that, that are just, I had no hand in it. I didn't ask for it. And as a Christian, I wasn't even praying for it. I wasn't even praying for, Lord, heal my relationship with my dad. I didn't. I wasn't even, it wasn't on my mind. It wasn't, I wasn't praying against it, but I wasn't praying for it either. But God still knew I needed it. And so he provided that for me. And so, having these moments, having these God moments in your life where 
you get to recognize that you are seen, you are heard, and that you are loved by the Almighty. It makes it makes the world so small because it puts you in direct relationship with him. And so these things most and most of these things have except for the one uh where my dad was in church with me. I think in the moment I was like like giving glory to God like right there like I knew and I 100% recognized that that is absolutely what he it was him not not me myself but it was God who did that and so outside of that these other moments have just been you know independent you know of me or they've been retrospective meaning as I get older and just think over my life these moments just come into my mind and I'm like and, and what it does is it gives me hope that if he did it before those things, he's going to do it again because he sees me. In Jeremiah, I believe it's 29, 11. I believe it's, and I'm probably getting the address wrong, so I'm going to look it up while I'm talking to you. But it is definitely, I know the plans I have for you. So I know the plans that I have for you. He knows that wholeheartedly. Looking it up right now. He says, Yep. For I know, this is Jeremiah 29 11. For I know the thoughts, and this is the New King James Version, so the King James says plans. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope so he already he knows it i don't know it you don't know it but he knows the thoughts that he has towards you and then verse 12 because of that because he knows the thoughts the plans to give you peace and not evil to give you a hope in a future what's the next part of that verse 12 then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And so those things, those steps, because the Bible also says that the, the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. Right? In those steps, those are the thoughts that God has for us. It's that hope in the future is peace and not evil. And so what I've put together from, again, in hindsight, what I put together is that God had to, he positioned me and showed me some things even before I knew him. He knew he had the thoughts for me. And so when he did that and positioned me, and then when I got to the point that then now I know him as my personal savior, verse 12, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you relationship I had no relationship with God when he saved me from that fire I had no relationship with God when I'm looking at my notes 
before I got saved. I had no relationship with God when he switched the National City location. Like, and again, I didn't think about that in that moment. But he had thoughts toward me. He knew the plans he had for me. And when he did all those things in verse 11 and doing those things, he ain't done with me. Verse 12, so that I will call upon him, that I will pray to him, and that he will listen to me. That's the core of my relationship. And it's like, I, there are so many other moments. One small funny one, because I, I do believe God has a sense of humor, comes to my mind. <laughs> um, still at, I was at Sherwin-Williams, still, um, and I was at my desk. And back then, as an accountant, I had stacks of paper everywhere on my desk all the time. I was always reconciling some account, looking up something, printing off something. There was always stacks of paper and tasks, never ending. And so I was looking for something. And I, it was something that was a deadline. I had to get it done. I could not. I just couldn't find it. It was in one of these stacks. I was driving myself crazy. I was looking in this stack over here. I was looking in this stack over there. And this thought kept coming into my mind, like, work on what's at your desk. Because I had a little pile right in front of my computer that I have been working on. But I was like, nope, I need to stop that and hit this thing because the deadline, got to get it done, blah, 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 blah. So I am in a frenzy trying to find this thing. Work on what's at your desk. Work on what's at your desk. The thought is like getting on my nerves because I'm like, no, I have to find this paper. I know it's here. Duh, just in my head. And so this thought is just inundated me, just is irking me, like I said. So finally, I, audibly, I said, okay. Like, I'm responding to the thought in my head, but I'm responding out of my mouth. Nobody's talking to me, but I just said, okay. And I sit in my chair, in my little cubicle, and I sit in front of my desk, and I start working back on whatever this task was I was doing before. This little stack of paper in front of me. So I get through the first, whatever the first piece of paper is, and I'm doing the thing or whatever, and I move that off the stack. And what I was looking for was right underneath that piece of paper. And I, I laughed out loud, but I also think tears came out of my eyes, number one, because I found the paper. Like, I was like, I know it wasn't crazy. I know it was here, blah, blah, blah. But what hit me even harder was that how many times did I have, how many times did I resist that, that thought? No, I got it. It's over in this pile. No, it's over here in this pile. No, I know it's somewhere and I need to find it. And so I've, I've thought about that so many times when I have tried to do things my own way and not either listening to what God is saying or knowing what God's word says about something because it's not, um, I don't want to make it seem like it's always like, oh, God is talking to me in my head or his voice. And that happens. Like, 
100%. I, I've heard the voice of God, like, unequivocally. Like, I know it. But also, when you study God's word and when you know what he says, and the scripture will come to you. Things that you know you've read and internalized and know for sure what the word of God says about it, that's also coming up into your uh, memory and comes up as, now you know, that's through the Holy Spirit, now you know, blah, 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 blah. But resisting that, because we hard-headed and we human, and looking in these other piles, <laughs> doing these other things, when it was, number one, literally right in front of me, figuratively and literally, but also, because God didn't say or no, nothing said, hey, it's in. move this top piece of paper and it's right underneath there. Because if that, if that was the thought, oh, okay, thanks, I would have gone, moved the piece of paper, saw it underneath and been like, bet, let's go. But that wasn't the thought. That wasn't the direction. The direction was go back to working on what you was working on before. So trusting the direction, trusting the path, trusting what what journey or position you're in, or trusting that would have saved me a lot of time and frustration. And so that right there is a is a whole word in the process. Why am I why am I leaning to my own understanding? Where in all my ways I need to acknowledge him and he will direct my path. I need to trust that. We need to trust that he's going to direct our path. These God moments, these these points in your life, points in my life where we have free will, but what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? And so sometimes we have to learn lessons from those things that we carry forward. And it's also part of our testimony to help others. These four, I could probably, I always talk about doing a series. No, I'm not. I could do a nine-part series and then invite other people who also got God moments that can come on and talk about an encounter that literally changed their life or saved their life or you know, fill in the blank. And so when we have these things in our lives, these experiences, they're not just for us. They're not, it's not just for me to be like, to yes say, thank you God for your grace. God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for seeing me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for putting me in, you know, relationship with this person or that person or you know, waking me up in the morning. I know what that's like to be, to to be um, to be uh, awakened or woken up or whatever the word is. I know what that's like, cause I was in a sleep on a couch. Oh, again, for all intents and purposes, should be no more. So, to to be thankful for that, and also to know, like I could keep all that to myself, or I could share it. And say, this is what God has done in my life. Just these little nuggets, these little snippets of things that I, I know it was God. I know it was him and not myself. And, and acknowledging that and knowing that I'm not alone in this. 
this these experiences are not uh only for me i'm just sharing the ones that have happened to me so that you can be encouraged that god has them for you as well if we slow down and if we think about it and we ask him ask him read his word and ask him the word will speak to you it's a lamp and a light and it also yeah and as I wrote down don't discount the small voice or the nudging I discounted that small voice when it was telling me work on what's in front of you I discounted that and I should not have and so now at my 49th year of life <laughs> I will say that I'm getting better I haven't mastered it um, I don't think I ever will because again those two H's I'm human and I'm hard-headed <laughs> um, and so in that I don't discount what's going on when when there's something that is I feel this nudging it's gnawing at me I should do this or I should say this or or slow down and say you know God if what am I supposed to be doing with this thing that you said and meditating on it and he'll create an opportunity for it to happen um this podcast is a response to what God has deposited in me I've said it before me doing this is a response to what he has put inside of me and the path that he has me on what he's gonna do with it I have no idea at this point I am being obedient and I'm having fun don't get me wrong this is fun I love doing this I love having people here I love um, talking to people about it and inviting people and, and then you know and just sitting and having some story time I enjoy all of it um, but listening to his voice and responding um, in the affirmative you know it, it when you when you're listening and following God it, it can't be wrong it can't go wrong may not go as fast as you like may not go the way that you think or plan but in the end we win and so because of that that's why I'm here and so I know like I said there's so many I used to journal them I used to write them down in a journal as they happened um, I need to go back to that journal and kind of see what was in there. Um, I used to write down the little, um, when I thought about it, and then I would go back and fill in the journal page with something that happened that was like, you know, a God moment. Um, and so for that, uh, I'm grateful. Because to write it down, to now have this, you know, these minutes, you know, this is going to go on and just be out there forever. For somebody to listen to and to be encouraged and just to know that um that god does speak um he can speak before you become his so that you can become his we're on the path and the journey and so it's okay it can feel overwhelming and that's okay but we belong to the one who is in full control and so there's freedom in that there's grace in that and there is a way for us to respond in the affirmative and to respond in a way 
that acknowledges that, hey, I'm here for a purpose and a reason. And so those God moments that speak to you, listen to them. Carry them with you and then share them with others. That has been my story time. I appreciate every minute that you choose to select an episode and listen. Um, I am excited to just continue to, to do this and to be inspired myself to come and invite folks and talk and share um, and put these episodes out. Um, if you want to listen to any of the other episodes, I think I might be in double digits right now, which is mind-blowing to me when I started this way back earlier this year. Um, but yeah, it's it's a labor of love, and I appreciate everyone who listens and tunes in and shares and does all the things. And if you're watching on Spotify, you know, I, I appreciate it. If you're listening on Apple, I appreciate it. But, you know, I don't take this for granted because this experience that, you know, is not just the acronym EPIC, but it's actually EPIC that I continue um, to get to do this and continue to get to be um, on this ride. And y'all take this ride with me, you know, every time you listen. I, I don't take it for granted and I say thank you. And um, check it out on, again, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. There's other episodes that, uh, at this point, I've talked about a, a lot of different topics. It's, it's, it's pretty uh, it's pretty eclectic over here. <laughs> like, it's, it, 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 we, we live by the, by the epic name. We want to continually encourage people and inspire communities. And so I pray that this episode did just that again. I, I'm not the only one in this world with God moments. Other folks can come and share. If you're one of those folks that want to come and share, I do have an email, oneepicexperience at gmail.com. The number one epicexperience at gmail.com. I have a, an Instagram. My personal Instagram is ccskills. I have a podcast Instagram that is One Epic Experience. I have a Facebook that's the Need Your Skill Learn. I have a Facebook that is One Epic Experience. Um, so I got a lot of platforms that I'm all over the place. But you can catch me any of those. Send me a message or what have you. And, you know, you can come join and we can talk about anything that you consider to be epic. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Take care, y'all. Till next time.